Your Locked On Coyotes, your daily podcast on the Arizona Coyotes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wednesday, January 6th. Hello, everybody. This is the Locked On Coyotes podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hope you're all doing well today. Team USA winning gold. How exciting is that? Um, I'm Rob Leonio. I am the new host here on Locked On Coyotes. If you uh, have yet to hear already, I've been covering the Coyotes and Tucson Roadrunners for the uh, last uh, four or five years on 5forhowling.com. Uh, I actually have a guest with me from 5 for Howling, Carl Pavlik. He's the managing editor over there. Carl, thanks for coming on to today's show. Glad to be here, Rob. So, a couple things, as you heard from what I just said at the beginning, that we had Team USA win gold. We're also going to talk about the uh, training camp for the Arizona Coyotes. Maybe some. Of, I want to get some of your expectations coming up in a little bit, as well as we'll talk some uh, advertising coming out of the NHL that's going to be a little uh, polarizing for some people. Just a little uh, preview for that, but that will could be also be coming up in this show. But first, let's talk some World Juniors. Carl, as I said, Team USA winning gold. How exciting is that? I think, what, uh, been uh, since 2017, the last time they won gold? It, it's been a while, and there have been some unfortunate years since then. So very exciting to see Team USA win gold. I, I don't like to root for team usa i don't like to get too invested because they always break my heart whether it's the world juniors whether it's the olympics uh, but this year definitely felt like there was something different and it was kind of it was fun to go on the ride you know it's funny i was listening to uh nhl network radio all uh, all day long while i was uh do actually delivering some food for uber eats and uh every guest they had on is like oh no canada's got this canada's got this and I'm like, guys, like, let's take a look at the the teams who Canada played throughout this tournament, and some of the teams that USA played. USA had a, had a more of a challenge, and if you got a chance to watch it, and uh, honestly, I think uh, they were counting them out way too much, and it showed based off how USA played. I'm sure you said you saw some of the some of the highlights from last night's gold medal game, and uh, while Coyotes prospect John Farinacci did not score on on Tuesday. That's okay. Uh, you had some other uh, great uh, performance from other players, but man, what a what a performance all around from Team USA. Yeah, it's a lot of players that are going to be coming to the Pacific uh, Division very soon. There's, I think, mostly just the California. Oh, mostly Anaheim and uh, LA. And yeah, yeah. I don't know if there's many uh, San Jose prospects, but but yeah, a lot of really good players on Team USA. I don't want to say that Team Canada was bad this year. I mean, they weren't. It's always they were tough bad. to to get the silver. It's the only medal that you lose to get. Um, but and they had a great tournament. They came in strong. Team USA just you know they took it to them though, and you know kudos to them posting a shutout for that last game. Ah. You love to see it. Aren't you glad that uh, that Spencer Knight, the goaltender, 
for Team USA is uh, going to be in the Eastern Conference when he uh, comes into the NHL. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, that was the first thing I looked up. I'm like, Spencer Knight, Vegas drafted him. It had to be Vegas because, I mean, Cam Fowler was playing for the Ducks. And I'm like, oh, good, Florida. Man, why does Florida yep. always get great goaltending? Uh, we, uh, I don't know. I really don't know. But, of course, you know, as, I, as we were saying earlier, you know, even though uh, Coyotes guy and John Farinacci did not score, you and I both know he had a good tournament, and I think we, should, we shouldn't ignore that. Oh, absolutely. Uh, it was really interesting going into this year because uh, Farinacci had a great year at Harvard, uh, and it was getting like a lot of buzz around him. But it was also just a really weird season in general. Like with COVID happening, it kind of destroyed a lot of people's perception of time. And a lot of things just kind of disappeared. But there was like this subtle buzz around Farinacci coming in. And then he just, it was a breakout tournament. Five goals, two assists, seven points in six games. You'd love to see it. Uh, It's a plus eight, I believe. That's what he also posted on his plus minus. Yeah, which, you know, plus minus, it's plus minus. Yeah. It, it doesn't it, tell you a lot. It tells you a little, like, it especially a little for bit. something like this. Especially, yeah, especially for, like, a junior tournament. shows you how well they are, how uh, how well they interact with their line mates, how, how they are possession-wise. It kind of gives you that. But seven points in uh, six games, a uh, all-around good performance from uh, Coyotes prospect drafted in uh, – 2019 yeah which i mean 2019 so he's probably got a few years but i I, i'm excited to see him the the world juniors is really great for showing off some of the younger prospects and you get a chance to see a lot of players who you aren't necessarily going to get that much buzz about like the later draft picks, they usually end up on a team and they'll have an outstanding performance. Uh, we're not really going to talk about Finland too much, but Akurati uh, came out with a bronze. Um, he played in his second year. Um, Coyotes prospect for Team Finland. Uh, great to see him get rewarded as well. Yeah, and I was actually talking about, uh, about Akurati as well. Um, in the semifinals game, he was pretty quiet in that game. I think the only thing that that came up on the score sheet was a double minor from him. So um, it's good to see him still get, you know, rewarded for his performance in the world juniors, you know, getting the bronze. Uh, I, I didn't get a chance to see the score of that, but they, I think they beat Russia pretty handily on that. Yeah. I, I want to look it up because I think it's something kind of, Yeah, four one. I I, yeah, I was either four one or four zero, and I was like, yeah, that's a pretty handy win. Yeah, but uh, about uh, one one thing that I want to get to before we get before we uh, actually start talking about training camp. Well, actually, it's kind of training camp related. Is do these guys even show up to the Coyotes training camp? Because I know obviously. A lot of it is, you know, fighting for a roster spot. Is it more just to see, you know, where they are 
uh, with uh, how they gel with some of these, uh, uh, some of the guys who would play for Tucson or some of the guys who would just uh, maybe be future teammates? I could definitely see see that with everything that's going on, they're not going to be able to play for a while. I think Soderstrom's not going to be able to join the team until the 10th. I may be wrong on that, but you want to give these guys all the time you can get, especially with a lot of the other people who are at training camp. Um, This gets talked a lot more at like the rookie development camps, but they have like nutrition guys there. They have strength and conditioning guys there. They have uh, skating people there. So you know what you need to do for the rest of the season. So there's still plenty of reasons to for them to go to training camp. If they can, like I don't know the logistics of travel um, during the regular time, not uh, during COVID time either. So, yeah. All right. So Carl Pavlik of Five for Howling joining us here on the uh, Locked on Coyotes podcast. We're in just a sec. We are actually going to go start talking about training camp as a there's a, a little segue there, but first I want to talk to you guys about betonline.ag. Guys, I told you on Monday that the NFL Super Wildcard Weekend is coming up just this Saturday, and I couldn't be more excited, especially myself. I'm, a, I'm personally a betting man. I'm going to be looking towards that Ravens-Titans game. Super excited. Going to be a super fun game. Do I want to bet on it? You know, I think it'd be fun. And t- personally, for me, there is one place that I'll go to, one place that I trust when placing that bet, and that is betonline.ag. And I want you guys to go ahead and have, have in on the fun as well. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Oh, Okay. Welcome back to the Locked On Coyotes podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Raul Biano, Carl Pavlik of 5 joining us here on this show as we count down the days to the season opener, Arizona Coyotes, Scottsdale Sharks. I'm, 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 I'm using that from now on. Um, yes, it is the best. Training camp, day three now is what they're getting, of course, now here on this uh, Wednesday morning or whatever time of day you're actually listening to this, so it could be afternoon. Uh, Carl, uh, now that we're kind of getting a couple more days in the training camp, is there any expectations you have, maybe uh, things that you might be looking forward to of how things develop coming out of uh, a uh, Coyotes training camp into this weird year shortened? Sure. I, I mean, the fact that the training camp this year is going to be so short and there's this uh, like taxi position that you can get. It's really probably one of the more interesting training camps that we're ever going to see in our lives. Uh, usually when it comes to training camps, it seems like the, a lot of the veterans, they'll start off slow because they know that you know they got time. Normally there's a preseason. They're not going to have that right now. So we're going to be able to see like these guys, like who's ready to just get started who is going to take a little bit of time. Like, Hopefully the team's able to have a quick start. We also got a couple of new people in here. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do and how they gel with the team. Now I know uh, a, a lot of people were probably wondering, you know, how are some of the new guys going to come in? Obviously, as we're mentioning, 
And uh, some people were probably going to ask about Derek Broussard. And uh, I uh, want to say, I probably said this yesterday as well, that he won't be coming for a couple of days. He still has to quarantine as after just being acquired last week. But uh, uh, what are your expectations for him? I mean, I know there's going to be a lot uh, kind of speculation on where he slots. I think uh, what... I think James over with uh, one of our colleagues at Five for Howling shared a uh, a lineup uh, snapshot from Daily Faceoff said that he'd be slotting as the uh, the uh, the two C. How do you how do you see that? Uh, I I don't see him as the two C. Um, I heard that Nick Schmoltz was actually playing center uh, today with Clayton Keller and Connor Garland. If that's the case, you get uh, Christian Dvorak as the second C. Um, I can see him kind of being like that third line guy. I'm not really sure what the team's kind of expectations were him for him are. Um, he seems like he could be taking what was the Derek Stepan role or the um, Carl Soderberg role. Like there's two kind of spots for the team. It really depends a lot on what Schmaltz is going to be doing and what Barrett Hayton is able to do. Now, I also want to uh, uh, talk to you about uh, actually something you just mentioned and I mentioned in, uh, in uh, yesterday's episode is the, uh, the, the taxi squad. Uh, uh, can you give a little bit more expl- explanation on, on what that is? I kind of went very brief into it, but maybe you have a better explanation than I do on the, uh, the taxi squad that's going to be implemented this year for the NHL. Um, I, I would say... I don't have the, the firmest grasp on it. My understanding is it's what um, four to six players. Um, it will not be waiver eligible. Um, I don't know what the team's strategy is going to be, which is honestly is the interesting thing. Um, the actual rules of the, of the squad have not been my primary focus. It's, it's how the team is going to work with it um because i'm of two minds do you keep some of your good guys in tucson to make sure that they get playing time and that the roadrunners are able to succeed do you mostly go with like you know lane peterson for example he could be your first call up if this was a regular season do you want him have him like cold in the taxi squad i'm not really sure yeah that's actually i mean that's a that, that's a good way of thinking about it because I was thinking of a couple guys like that, like Lane Peterson, like Kyle Capobianco. Um, and I was thinking, especially the Kyle Capobianco one, because he was the one that's all, like, for the last couple of years, he's been knocking on the door of the Coyotes yeah. uh, lineup anyways. Do you still want him to just kind of hold out there and just wait in case someone maybe gets COVID? Or do you want him to participate in the Roadrunners training camp, get ready for the Roadrunners season next month? Yeah, it it's tough, especially when you're looking at the long-term outlook of the Coyotes' blue line because there's a lot of factors that go into any kind of player decision. Uh, the team is pretty much – they have two people signed past this season. They have Jacob Chikrin. They have Oliver ekman Larson. It seems like Kyle Capobianco is almost maybe an NHL defenseman. We're not really sure. He hasn't had a chance to really try it. 
And and I don't know. Like it could be the team being like, look, we know you're good. You don't need necessarily need the reps. Um, kind of like um the team did with Barrett Hayton and Juniors. I'm not saying that you know sending him back to the AHL would be like sending Hayton back to the OHL. It's apples and oranges, but similar kind of mindset, I guess. Yeah, I'd 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 say that's fair enough. Um, it's just going to be interesting to see exactly how that fits. Um, cause I know that this taxi squad, this taxi squad is necessary in a lot of ways. And as I mentioned, you know, it could be someone gets COVID. So you need an emergency fill in someone to, who can come in at any point. Uh, you just want those, you, you just want to see those guys to be able to develop and see how they are in game time, especially when a lot of these players, especially these Tucson players, haven't played a game since March. Which, I mean, is crazy. So many of these teams are going to be, like, so cold. And, uh, like, we're the teams that are going to have, like, cold players in them, it is strange. Uh, it's a very interesting thing to watch. I'm kind of curious, because we did see quite a few players go over to Europe, if they're going to be in a better position. Uh, like... Um, Ilya Labushkin uh, was playing in the KHL. He had five games, but that's still more than, you know, Kyle Bianco had. Um, is that going to make a difference in their play style? We don't really know yet. Um, I like to imagine that these are all professionals. They did what they needed to during the offseason, but is that going to be good enough? Nothing really, you know, replaces games. Yeah. Although I will say it does, it did help that the, uh, the Coyotes kind of had a, uh, or some Coyotes players rather kind of set up a, uh, like a voluntary, uh, training skate, whatever you want to call it. Like, what was it like five weeks ago? Yeah. Something like that. It, and I know like there's been just tons of skaters in Arizona. Um, even before Austin Matthews lived here, uh, well, even before Austin Matthews was an NHL player. He was still living here, I believe. Uh, Arizona was a great spot for, you know, players to just come during the offseason. And if the guys are able to take advantage of it, all the better for them. Because are you able to train, maybe go to the ice and skate while leaving in, flip, in shorts and flip-flops? Sign me up. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Arizona is, it's a great spot. Even when the offseason's in the summer, like, it's still a good spot to be in especially if you want to kind of lay low and not have a bunch of people watching you get back in shape in, uh, in the off season. Yeah. Uh, one thing I do want to get to also is, uh, just a little bit of a, uh, I guess a season preview, some expectations for the season. Um, I actually do have an over under on points, uh, courtesy of our friends over at uh, betonline.ag. Uh, they have the Arizona coyotes finishing 59 and a half points. For this season, um, I think it's probably good for fifth in the Pacific Division. Will you take yeah. that? I've seen that number before, and I think the Wild are like what sixty-one and a half. Um, yes, yeah, so it's very close. That is extremely close. That's tough. I think they're going to be I think they're going to be a little bit more than that. Not by much though. Like these are 
like the 61 sounds right for the coyotes um and then i would swap them with the wild and have them at 59 and a half um what about you i as someone that i i've been saying this uh, for the last couple of days i really think the coyotes are capable of making the playoffs and i think yeah that 61 sounds about good um, of course, that'd be good enough for fourth place in the division, which means they make the playoffs. Um, it's just this West division is just going to be so out of whack just because they're going to have to play uh, St. Louis and Vegas and Colorado eight times. Yeah. So but it's be weird. they're not going to have to play Vancouver or Edmonton or Calgary. This is true. Um, yeah. I I think the best thing that the Coyotes have going forward um, is that they are going to have a great three-goalie system. Like, they're going to have Darcy Kemper, they're going to have Antti Ranta, and they're probably going to play Aiden Hill a lot more to keep Antti Ranta fresh. And yeah. I think that is just a phenomenal goaltending trifecta. And that is going to be what helps them. They're they're not going to score any more than they than they have been, but they're going to get great goaltending. I personally can't uh, think of a better goalie trifecta than what the Coyotes have. Um, <laughs> yeah. I but, mean, uh, especially yeah. not in the West. Uh, I'm sure that um, Dallas may have them beat. Um, I can't think. We don't normally have to know who the third goaltender is. This is always yeah. Uh, it, we usually don't need a third goaltender. You just have two, a tandem. That's it. Yeah, I mean, sometimes not even that. You saw you have the starter. Like, it, yeah. I think That's most cool. teams have switched over to something like a tandem. But if you are going into this season with like expecting your main goaltender to play sixty percent of your games, you're screwed. That's not going to be good. Unless it's freaking Anaheim. They're going to be the only ones who can do it. All right. So uh, both you and I agree that Arizona and the Wild can around flip there. Um, so they have that Arizona just barely making the playoffs. Um, also, just a quick reminder, guys, that with 2020 now over, we can start off pretty fresh. If you're going to be betting this year and want more wins, listen to the Locked On Bets podcast with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They are picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get your podcast. Coming up in just a little bit, we're going to be talking about the uh, advertising stuff that everyone seems to be blowing their minds about. But first, I want to tell you guys about Built Bar. Built Bar is a great and healthy protein bar. That's good for a keto diet, and really, guys, I can I can't stress this enough. Of I said it's tasty, and I really want to stress that again because uh, I got a chance to try the German chocolate flavor, and I mentioned this. It reminds me of my childhood because I used to want German chocolate cake for my birthday, and it reminds me of that. It's so it's, it was very light, very tasteful. But it was so it was low calories, high protein, high fiber. It, it, it's amazing, guys. This is something that you should really go ahead and check out. So if you haven't already, go ahead and go to builtbar.com. 
and use the promo code LOCKDOWN and get 20% off your next order. Once again, go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKDOWN for 20% off your next order. And now it's time to talk about the NHL advertising uh, mess, if you want to call it. I don't even think it's a mess. People will think it's a mess. Uh, Carl, what do you think about uh, this whole thing? Not only is there, of course, announced weeks ago that uh, there's going to be a sponsor on the helmets, but now... The divisions have been sponsored. Yeah, so the West Division is the Honda West Division. I think you got the uh, the Scotia North Division, the Discover Central Division, and what was the whatever Mass the Mutual. Mass uh, Mutual for Atlantic or whatever. What do you think about that? Obviously, uh, personally, for me. I think people were kind of overblowing it. It's not a big deal. It's like no one's like fans aren't going to call it by that. It's just going to be necessary to for media and for any other reference just for, you know, so these so the NHL can save face and actually make some money. Yeah, all that is going to happen is on the official art, which no one even looks at. It's going to have like a tiny Honda. Um, and then in every NHL press release, we have to read, we're going to have to see that, uh, Honda copyright logo and no one's going to write it, um, in their actual articles. You're not going to see it on sports pages. You're definitely not going to see it on Twitter. Uh, I do want to say that a couple weeks, they announced the mountain American credit union. I thought that would be the only helmet logo. Turns out the coyotes have a away helmet logo for dignity health so okay that's cool uh honestly it is like the very bottom of anything i will care about going into this season Uh, i actually wrote an article about it um earlier today when we're recording this so yesterday when you're listening to this and i think it's really overblown um there are definite concerns that people have about advertising affecting their experience of the game. Uh, I think a lot of people still hold the jersey itself to be sacred. Yeah, I, I don't want to say sacred, but something just below sacred in terms of that. Um, and they're not saying that. We all knew that the NHL needed to make extra money this year. And we know that the NHL likes to make extra money. Uh, so I don't think that this was surprising to anyone. Um, I think the people who were laughing at it uh, had the right idea. Because it's very funny. I, I will admit, it's the Honda West Division. That just sounds kind of hilarious. And none of us know what Mass Mutual is. So I don't know if that affects us. Um, but But yeah, it's... If you were upset over this, I, I strongly encourage you to get upset over other things that the NHL does. Some people were just starting to make jokes. Um, um, let's let, let's let's say, for example, you have the the Honda West Division's Arizona Coyotes of Glendale, uh, brought to you by the Gila River Casinos. 
<laughs> yes, that would be ridiculous. I did see it was the Globe and Mail title where it's like, are we going to let corporations rename teams? And I was like, you know what the Mighty Ducks are called? Because, right? Like, Disney yeah, bought I a team. That. It's it's ridiculous. We already live in a world where corporations are everywhere. Um, whether you like that or not, I, I'm sorry, it's it's true. And this is so such a small addition. There's going to be way more ads this year. There's probably going to be like more like in arena ads too. Um, and there's also some contract reasons why they need to do sh- stuff like this too. I remember um, reading a couple articles, and no one's going to go into specifics because. A, hockey writers don't read contracts. Um, yeah, not, yeah. not sponsorship contracts between buildings and companies. Like player contracts are completely different. Um, but B, these are also very confidential usually. But every arena has sponsorship obligations. They have things that they need to do. Whether or not there's a pandemic, there's games, they're going to need to do presentations. So we're just going to see... 82 games worth of ads crammed into 56 games. It's going to be, it's going to, it's going to be absolutely crazy. Uh, one thing I will say is uh, um, my personal belief is I kind of don't want to eventually see it where it gets to um, like what you see over in like the, uh, in the Euro leagues where you see ads inside the face off circles all throughout all on the ice that you can barely even see the actual ice anymore. Yeah, um, it's a little much. The uh, right beside the trapezoids, I'm fine with that. That that's been going. I was done for the last year. I didn't care. <laughs> no, uh, I don't. I don't care. Ads on the ice. I don't care about ads on pants. Keep the jersey without ads as much as you can. But if you buy a jersey, it's gonna have the company logo on there more times than it needs to be so it's basically an ad and in general if you're wearing a hockey jersey it is an advertisement for the team you are a walking ad at that point it is a great relationship that you have as a fan but you are still advertising your team and a lot of fans are actually happy to advertise their team because guess what sports teams are companies too Yes. Sports teams care about making money. They don't always make money. There's a lot of weird economics when it comes to sports teams, but they're curious and they're anxious to make as much as they can. There's a reason you pay $12 for a beer. In fact, I will go on this. If you make that beer $5 in the arena, you could put an ad on a jersey. I don't care. Exactly. Anything that these that these trade offs. So the name the naming of these uh, of these divisions. It's a trade off that we're actually able to watch these games. Yeah. That's and it, I'm, I'm and I'm okay with that. If this saves the season in any way or saves one person's job, I'm happy to call it the Honda West Division. I'm not actually going to have to call it the Honda West Division. I may throw it in a few times just to be snarky um but but yeah if if this bothers you just ignore it and in a couple weeks you're gonna forget about it unless you obsess over it don't obsess over this people like i think we're we're seeing it quiet down thankfully this wasn't like a big fan uproar but but yeah people need to chill out about this 
So you and I both agree that uh, definitely way overblown. Hey guys, just a quick reminder that the uh, this week, all week long, the Locked On NHL podcast is getting you all ready for the start of the regular season with Sarah Vampato and the Locked On NHL season preview series, previewing all 31 teams, yes, including the Arizona Coyotes, featuring yours truly, uh, division by division, and who to pick and drop in your fantasy leagues, courtesy of Locked On fantasy hockey host Scott Collin. Subscribe to Locked On NHL wherever you get your podcast. But that will do it just about for us today here on Locked On Coyotes. I want to thank Carl Pavlik of Five for Howling for joining here today. It's a pretty productive conversation talking a plethora of different topics. And uh, we will uh, be back tomorrow. Well, I will be back tomorrow talking to you guys more about, well, more Coyotes training camp stuff. Got a couple more days this week. Few more days, just a few more sleeves, guys, until opening night against the San Jose Sharks of Scottsdale. So we will be getting you all ready for that. Thanks for everyone for joining this episode. We'll see you next time. <laughs>